Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really thrilled to introduce my podcast guest for today, and I am very excited to have this conversation. Rebecca Weaver has 20 years of human resources experience working in companies that run the gamut, from Fortune 50 companies to startups running with self-management. Rebecca launched HR Uprise when she realized how much is stacked against employees including the role of human resources, and I hope we'll hear a lot about that today. HR Uprise is a platform that makes it possible for everyone to get their human resource needs fulfilled. Rebecca is also a breast cancer survivor. Rebecca made it through chemo, multiple surgeries, and radiation during this crazy global pandemic. In fact, it was her experience as a patient that inspired her to launch the HR Uprise platform. Rebecca shares her personal medical story publicly because it's part of her whole story, and there's no such thing as leaving it at home. And I am a big fan of holistic experiences for people, whether they are at work or at home. So I hope we'll chat about that for a few moments. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Ed. How are you? Very good. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Thank you for joining us. And I took a light swing at introducing you, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of how you interact today in the marketplace. Sure. So I, as you mentioned, I had about 20 years of HR experience. I refer to the the early part of my career as kind of learning the ropes. So spend a lot of time with big companies like Target and Home Depot, um, you know, really learning the rules of the game. And then my more recent career has been learning which rules to break. And so I worked for some organizations um, that were really on the cutting edge. Uh, I worked for Tony Shea's uh, private organization called Downtown Project in Las Vegas for a couple of years. And that was the organization that was using self-management. So we had about 300 employees with no people managers. And it was exactly as crazy as you might think. Um, <laughs> it was exactly as wild um, and chaotic at times. Um, not necessarily even something I would recommend for a lot of other companies, but I learned a ton. Um, and I knew going into it that um, we really never get the opportunity to see these kinds of very experimental organizational structures or ways of operating. We really hardly ever get the opportunity to see it from the inside out. And so that was really um, my biggest goal. So um, it was then in the wake of Me Too 
all these conversations are happening with, you know, my um, colleagues, my friends, my family members. Um, these conversations were were really different than anything I could remember in my professional career, um, and. And I started to look back at both my own personal experiences as a woman working in the business world um, and understanding them in a new way. I had some new language for some of the experiences I had had and new understanding about what had really happened. But in addition to that, I was looking back as an HR professional as well. And I thought to myself, you know, how many ways and how many times have I been a part of creating this type of environment um, that that has allowed harassment to not just happen, but to thrive in, in different company cultures. And, and it was that latter question that I just didn't see enough conversation happening within HR. And I, at the same time, I'm watching um, really high profile women like Gretchen Carlson, for example, she was one of the first women to come forward with allegations of sexual harassment against Roger Ailes at the Fox News Network. And so she's very high profile. She was asked in an interview one time, uh, what do you suggest or what do you recommend for other women who might be experiencing what you did? And the first thing she said was, don't go to HR. And I'm looking at uh, articles that are being published and they have headlines like HR is not your friend and here's why. And, and again, it was that part that I just, I wanted to see more dialogue about that within HR. So I was the head of HR for a creative agency at the time. And I started to talk with some of my, the creative uh, team members. And um, I just, I found myself with a lot to say. And so I launched HR Uprise originally as an Instagram account. Um, really had no ma- major plans for it other than just, I have a lot to say and I need a, I need a place to get this out. And so the creative team helped me come up with the logo and the name. And we called it HR Uprise because I was calling for an uprise within HR. And it completely exploded um, in the very beginning. And even though I was talking directly to HR about all the ways in which we need to change how we're operating, do things differently, think about things differently. Uh, I started hearing immediately from non-HR members uh, and our non-HR employees. And they're asking questions like, I just found out I make a lot less than my male counterparts. Is there anything I can do about that? Or I think layoffs are coming. Can I actually negotiate a severance package or do I just have to take what I can get? You know, these kinds of questions. And so it has really over time, um, is, is really keep coming back to this, this ultimate question of HR's role within an organization. Um, and, and it really is what I call the, I call it a double bind um, that HR finds itself in, right? The, the obligation to the company and yet this desire to also be there to support employees. And I really think it's that double bind that it's, is at the crux of the issue that we have with HR today. Um, the, the, Massive lack of mistrust. Um, again, you continue to see those headlines about HR is not your friend. I really think that that double bind is at the core of the problem. Well, one of the reasons I am thrilled to have you on our podcast today is because we both share former HR backgrounds. And I spent about 25 years uh, as a business leader and I contributed through human resources. I was always a big student of the business. And, you know, certainly in the last 12 years as a leadership coach, but even to some degree before that, you know, there did seem to be this natural aversion to HR. And, and 
I'm sure you know great HR people like I know great HR people. This is not meant to be a slam against HR as an entity. And you and I are not running for political office based on this platform. But, um, but you know, there are people and, you know, the Gretchen Carlson's of the world who on a public television station where, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people are watching, you know, hear that. And I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts as to why that behavior or perception exists. I can't tell you how many people that I have talked to use the term that they feel that they were burned by HR. That's a phrase that comes up really frequently. I mean, if you listen to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's interview with Oprah a few days ago, she talked about how she went to HR and they said they recognized, yes, what you are dealing with is brutal and yet there's nothing we can do about it. Well, they said we can't. Well, they said we can't help you because you're not an employee. Because you're not an employee of the firm, right? So, Correct. yes, we ex- we understand you're the princess, the, the Duchess of Essex, but you know we can't help you. And expected to fulfill quite a few duties, right? As such, um, yeah. So, I mean, we could use that as an example, right? Of of all of the challenges. What I mean to to answer your question, I think that there are a couple things at play that are really creating this. Um, mistrust with HR. I think part of it is that we have continued to heap on expectations for HR in the roles that they play. And we expect HR really to be all things to the company. Um, So we expect HR to, and now with the pandemic, it, it has gotten even worse, right? So now let's add on to all of those things chief safety officer and chief epidemiologist and, you know, all of these things for for the company. Um, So I think part of it is, is that, you know, when we really think about it, it is, I think, completely unrealistic and a conflict of interest, quite frankly, to expect the same person. And in many companies, it is literally the same person or at the very least the same team to be responsible for investigating misconduct within the workplace and also the same person who conducts succession planning and career planning within the organization. It is just a massive conflict of interest. Um, and yet again, we expect the same person or at the very least the same team to do to do both of those things. Um, what I think we need to do is start to see, again, more of a specialization of the role of HR again. Um, and I think that's really where we can start to build back some of that trust. Um, I've heard from others that the a part of the belief as to why you can't quote unquote trust HR is that they also work for the company, right? So their yep. ultimate obligation is to be the protector or the image manager of the company. So if you come to them with a problem, recognize that they are not an omnibudsman, right? Who is an Correct. objective person who is not paid for by the company, but you know will help you no matter who it is or how it happens. But you know they are an employee of the company. So I don't know if that's a Yes, absolutely. I think it is a huge part of the challenge. You know, I even I even have this challenge when I talk to HR people, you know, you ask most most people what's HR's role within the organization and they say, oh, the employee advocate and a lot of HR people would say the same thing. Oh, I'm here for the team. I'm here for the employees. I represent the people within the organization. And, And all of that, I think may be very well intentioned. Um, most of the time, you know, most HR people I know have, have great intentions and really do sincerely want to have a great company culture um, and want to play a role in creating that. And yet, at the end of the day, the primary obligation of HR, um, whether you call it HR 
or the people team or people in culture or people operations or any variation on that. At the end of the day, in its current structure, the primary obligation of HR is to protect the company. It is risk mitigation. Um, and that is something that, again, I think HR needs to be a bit more honest with ourselves about. And we need to be a bit more honest with our employees about it as well. Um, you know, if you think about it, if you're sitting in an investigation or you think about the requirements for harassment um, training, anti-harassment training within the organization, your concern as even if you're conducting the investigation, of course, you want to get to the bottom of it and find the truth. But a role that you play as a member of the team in HR, um, as a member of the investigations team in HR, is to also be thinking about how to protect the company from the victim. How, what will happen if this person comes back to sue? Um, you know, and and all, so so again, it is it is all of these things that again I just don't think we're talking enough about um, about how much that is a conflict of interest um, and how you know how can we start to separate out the the requirements that we have for HR um, to be able to build more of that team. And that, that is ultimately what led me to create HR Uprise. Well, it sounds like a fantastic organization. And I would tell you that in my 25 years in human resources, I never thought about any potential conflict of interest. And it wasn't because it was there and I didn't think, I just never thought about it. It never even popped in my head. Gee, this is a conflict of interest if I do this, right? I was just trying to be a good soldier and doing the job I was asked to do and, you know, excel and do really great. And so part of it might be, might be the culture. But Rebecca, when you think a little bit about bravery in the workplace, you know, what words or phrases might come to mind for you? I love the topic of bravery. <clears throat> it's something that I've said for a long time, I think we need to see a bit more of within HR. Um, so for me, um, what that looks like within the organization um, is being willing to stand alone, um, being willing to say the thing that people don't want to hear. Um, at my last company, um, our leadership had a joke for me um, that whenever I said, "All right, let's get real," <laughs> they said they knew they knew that things, you know, Here things were. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I think you know there are so many different ways that we're brave um, in the workplace, and I I think we need to do more um, as companies to to recognize, um, and to welcome that bravery as well. Um, it, it comes down to creating environments where it's okay for people to make mistakes, where it's okay to screw up, um, where it's okay to have a really stupid idea <laughs> where, um, you know, it takes a ton of bravery to do that. Um, let alone, um, to be able to speak up about, um, some kind of mistreatment um, or misconduct that's happening within the workplace. I think in some ways that's the ultimate bravery is being willing to um, speak that aloud because there are hundreds and hundreds of reasons not to. And so when somebody does come forward, um, we really, we as HR, we as the company really do need to do everything we can um, to support and um, reinforce that person coming forward, that person really taking that act of bravery. Well, and you know, a couple of things that you mentioned, one is the need to stand alone. And oftentimes, if there's something you want to say or something you want to do, you might find yourself alone uh, on that side of the battlefield, etc. Yet at the same time, I think to help our listeners think about 
bravery moments that they might be in right now, something they need to say or something they might need to do, you know, is also find a, a partner or somebody who you think might share a similar perspective. Uh, you know, I would have said take them out for coffee, but these days that's a little bit difficult, but, you know, con connect on Zoom, et cetera. But, uh, you, know, not, you know, the old saying, you can't take City Hall alone, right? You need a battle, you know, an army of people, right, that you can go in with is, you know, uh, see if you can identify others who might also feel the same way because that might provide you some new strategies and ways to get done what you need to get done. Absolutely. And again, that, that's ultimately what led me to create HR Uprise. So I realized that, you know, there are just so many things stacked in favor of the company, um, including the role of HR. And and the, all of those direct messages, or then it was emails, and then eventually, you know, people waiting to talk to me in person when I would to give talks in person, you know, all of those questions that came up, I realized they were the same types of questions that I fielded for friends and family members as well, right? So they would be going through something at work. And the magic was, I was released from my obligation to the company in those moments. And I could say, here's my best advice, you know, especially having sat on the other side of the table. Here's my best advice to you. Here are some questions to ask. Here's typically how it works within an organization, um, you know, just to be able to give all of that information. And I was, again, released from the obligation to the company and I could give that truly independent, totally unfiltered advice. And I realized, um, you know, after starting HR Uprise as an Instagram account, uh, it, that so many more people really needed access to that kind of independent resource. And so that's ultimately what we have created um, is another resource like you're talking about, um, someone who can help you talk through what it is you're facing. I will say the majority of the coaching conversations that we have really start with validation. Yes, what you are experiencing, um, it's happening. I believe you, you know, um, and just looking for that validation. And then now let's build a plan for how you might be able to handle it. Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure people say, thank you for believing me. Finally, somebody I talk to believes what I'm telling them. Honestly, it really is the source. Um, I think it is it is why we see such low reporting rates, you know, even now, um, you know, you see the statistics about how many, uh, you know, the percentage of cases that go unreported. Um, you know, of harassment or discrimination in the workplace, um, workplace misconduct. Um, it's an incredibly high number that goes unreported. Um, and I think a big part of it is like, I'm not going to be believed, um, or uh, you've already shown that you don't believe me. Um, or again, I, the power dynamics at play, again, there's, there are hundreds and hundreds of reasons not to. Um, so it really is about uh, flipping, flipping that power dynamic. So I'm curious, uh, Rebecca, could somebody call HR Uprise if they have something they want to say or do and are finding they don't have the bravery as one of the many emotions needed in order to make progress to work with somebody to kind of get it out of their head? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, uh, a fee for service experience. Yep. Right? So, so you can book a session with a coach, um, depending on the issue that you have. And we have lots and lots of issues um, that you could, you know, possible uh, topics of conversation with your coaches. Um, but yes, absolutely. Book a coach. You can actually book them right within the app um, and schedule it right there. And then, yeah, absolutely. Talk about, you know, I have a need to um, be brave. I'm just looking for some additional support. Um, I would like some more information. 
Um, so, you know, to help me feel more prepared, um, you know, heading into this moment, I need to be brave. Yes, absolutely. There are so many ways um, that we can help support people to be brave within the workplace. Well, fantastic. And something that we have never done on the Be Brave at Work podcast is to offer a tangible solution in respect to what folks can do if they are feeling as though they need to say something and don't know how to say it or want to just get it out of their head or come up with two or three ideas or something they need to do that might be difficult is to reach out to HR Uprise. It sounds like a potential resource. I'm not suggesting you hire them, but you might speak with somebody and talk a little bit about your issue and see if it makes sense to uh, get a coach who can help you. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for your time today and your thoughts and observations regarding bravery at work and continued success with HR Uprise. It sounds fantastic. And I know as a coach, I can now be way more candid than I was as an HR person and tell people exactly what's happening and exactly what they're experiencing. And that's what happens to me. People are like, oh, thank you, right? You're finally somebody who is listening to me and gets what I'm experiencing. If folks want to reach out to you, Rebecca, to talk more about HR Uprise or your story, uh, how can they do that? Sure, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, our website is hruprise.com. And then we're on social media. We're still on Instagram, uh, where we also where we started this whole thing. Um, so you can find us at HR Uprise, and then we're on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, you can reach me through any of those channels. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Rebecca, for your time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.